chapter 4 verse 5 and 6 verse 5 and 6 when you have it say I have it let's read both together in concert ready read behold I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord and he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children and the heart of the children to their fathers lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. You may be seated. I'm going to talk to you uh, for a few minutes today, and uh, I want to take my conversation with you and title it, A Father Worth Imitating. A Father Worth Imitating. Now, I want to encourage the men today. I think... Uh, uh, this sermon is aimed at the men, but I believe that the sisters are going to glean some level of truth from what I'm going to aim at the men today. Amen. I'm thankful to the Lord for all the fathers, the responsible fathers that raise their children and rear them and nurture them. I thank God for them. And I, what I'm going to talk about today are just things that can be added to a good man. Amen. I want to encourage the fathers to be better. Not that they're not good now, but I want to encourage them to be better. And can you say amen? Malachi chapter 4 and verse 5 and 6. Malachi says, God says in Malachi, when there is a disconnect between the fathers and their children, a curse will ensue on the earth. Fatherhood is so critical to not just a child's life, but to life in general. For every father that is uh, appropriate with their children and is effective, uh, I applaud those fathers. And to the fathers that are not as productive as they could be with their children or could have been, I want to encourage you today and also to enlighten you. I believe that when a father fails, society is weakened. It, it's, it is not just a father-son thing. It's a society thing. Point. Make a note. And I'm going to move you around pretty quickly because I want to get this in you and then send you home. A major source of sin is fatherlessness. Make a note of that. A major source of sin is fatherlessness. 
Now, I want to be appropriate today, but I also want to be effective. And so I'm going to ask the men just to give me a little wiggle room to just talk to you. Amen? A major source of sin is fatherlessness. Now, what is sin? Sin simply means to live contrary to God's original plan. That is sin. And when a father is not as productive as he should be, things happen to the family that literally causes sin and inappropriateness to come on the family. Turn with me to the book of Psalms chapter 82, please. Psalms chapter 82. Verse 4 and verse 5. It says, Deliver the poor and the needy. Rid them out of the hand of the wicked. They know not, neither will they understand. They walk in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are out of course. All the foundations of the earth is out of course. This text teaches us something principally. It teaches us, this text teaches you and I, that when headship, which is what a father represents, when headship is out of order in the home, a series of things occur. Everyone say headship. And I want to give you five things that occur when headship is out of order concerning this text. Number one, make a note, the family becomes poor and needy when headship is out of order. Verse four said, deliver the poor and the needy. And when I talk to you about the family being poor and needy, I'm not speaking to you about finances, per se. That's not what I'm speaking about. I'm talking about being poor in example. The home lacks a strong example. The home becomes needy in instruction. The Bible says, deliver the poor and the needy. I want you to know that there is a special anointing on a home where a man dwells. A very special anointing. Now, men, I, I really want to be appropriate, but I really want you to understand that when you are home, there will be a strong example in the home. Someone said, Pastor Mitchell, my father's home with me, but, but he's really not home. And, and maybe that is true. But I want, to the point, I want to point to the brighter side of this. He's home. Touch your neighbor and tell him he's home. And when I was taking notes, I could not help but think about my own father. Because if there's one thing that my father implanted in me just by his example was a sense of stability. Amen. We didn't have all the money we wanted. Everything wasn't perfect. But my father never walked out on my mother. 
And now that I am a married man, I cannot envision ever leaving my wife. It's not in my DNA. It's not in my mind. No matter how angry I get. Do I have any witnesses in here, men? I'm still coming home. I'm teaching real good right here. I'm teaching real good right here. I'm, I'm coming home. Now, I'm not saying a marriage can't dissolve because it takes two to make a marriage work. So I'm not about that. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying when a man has a good woman and, and, and things are appropriate, sometimes it, it don't always feel the way it should, even though everything seems right. I told my leadership class today, and I was talking to the men, I'll just share this little piece with you. And, and, and I told them sometimes a good man, he doesn't always run home because he feels so strongly in love. Touch your neighbor and tell him, that's real, that's real. Some days it's wonderful and you feel strongly loved and you can't wait to get home in the seer. But some other days you go home because that's where you live. See, I didn't come to talk to the sisters this morning. Sisters, you'll get some splashes. I really want to talk to men because with men you have to be clear and straight. Sometimes you go home because that's your address. That's where, you, that's where you live. But the thing is, you go home. Amen. So it's poor an example and needy in instruction. Number two, when headship is out of order, the second thing that tends to happen in a home is that wickedness occurs. Verse 4 says, deliver the poor and the needy. Rid them out of the hands of the wicked. And when I speak to you about wickedness, I'm talking to you, fathers, about wicked examples that want to occur or introduce themselves to your family. One of the roles of a father is that he is a protector of the home. He shields the home from wicked examples. Your daughter goes to school, everyone wants to call, all the boys in the school may call her shorty and call her all kinds of inappropriate names, but when she comes home, you have to shield her from that and say, you're not a shorty, you're not of this, you're, you're not of that, you are a beautiful young lady. A father shields, uh, he shields his son as well from wickedness. Because he's influenced so strongly outside of your home. And I want to tell you, fathers, that when your son leaves your house, he may look one way. But to fit in with everyone else in the process of leaving you to get to them, there's oftentimes a switch. And, and, and fathers have to be so diligent concerning that. He shields the family from wickedness, inappropriateness. No, you don't wear your pants down here. Your pants belongs up here. I'm telling you. And I want to encourage the fathers to be engaged in this. Now, I might not get many amens this morning, but I just want to talk to the fathers. Because our, while we are giggling about some of this stuff, and really it's a, it's, a, it's a touchy topic because you're talking about other people's kids. 
And I'm real careful when I'm talking about other people's children. So I want to be appropriate, but I also want to be effective. I want you to understand what's going on when they leave your house. Those kids are experimenting. If, we, if you're not careful, if you let your wife raise your son, you may raise a girly boy. Everyone put your hands towards me. Point your hands towards me. Everybody point your hands towards me and say, you're loose, pastor. Touch your neighbor and tell him, loose our pastor. Loose him. Will, will you just let me talk to you for a few minutes? You won't get angry and offended. This is not a beat-up session. Because I respect every man that stays. And I respect every man that takes care of his child or his children. Even if, even if the marriage went left, he's still engaged with his children. I appreciate fathers. Amen? So he shields the family from wickedness. It is very important. I never desired to smoke. I never saw my father smoke. And he does smoke, not a lot, but he used, well, he used to smoke. I did not see my father smoke until I was in my late 30s. A few short years ago. <laughs> and I happened, it was an accident. <clears throat> I was just opening the door to, to accept the mail from my mother and saw, looked over to the left and saw my father smoking a cigarette. And I'm 30-something years old. I said, I, did, I never knew my father ever smoked. And it spoke volumes to me that this man, he hid this from me for years. Are you hearing what I'm saying? He shielded me away from that. It was never something I wanted to do. I did try it. It almost killed me. <laughs> That's being honest, you know. But the, and I only tried it because of peer pressure. The peer pressure. So I tried it and I coughed so much I thought my chest was, my heart was going to come out of my chest. You know, I gave it back. I don't know who I gave it back to, but I never. <laughs> but my father shielded me from that. Dads, are you hearing what I'm saying? God holds fathers accountable. In the garden, when, when, when wickedness entered the garden, not through Adam, but through his wife, when God came down concerning that scenario, God said something very uh, profound. He asked a profound question. And the question he asked Adam was, Adam, where are thou? That is a question that God is asking every man. Because Adam was the head of that garden. Sisters, I know you have women's living. I respect you. I believe you should make as much money as a man makes. I believe in total equality. I'm not against any of that. But headship belongs to that man. Believe me. In fact, when, when Eve partook of the fruit, Nothing changed. Sin didn't enter the world when Eve, when Eve's teeth went through that fruit. Nothing changed. 
In fact, Eve could have eaten the entire fruit and nothing would have ever changed. But everything changed when Adam's teeth went through. Everyone say headship. And God asked Adam a question. He said, Adam, where art thou? And when he asked Adam, where art thou? He wasn't asking Adam, where is he geographically? He was asking Adam, what state have you and the family fallen into? And on this Father's Day, I'm asking every man that same question. Adam, where are thou? Do you know what state the family has fallen into? Fathers are critical. Fathers are critical. Now, now I'm going to say some things a little bit later on because I want to talk to you about fathers that weren't there. And, and, and uh, sometimes men struggle with fatherhood and you can't blame them sometimes because they've never seen it modeled. And it's hard to be something you've never seen. I have a ring on my finger. I'm having sex. But what is a husband like? You know, I have these kids now, but, and they're calling me dad, but what is a dad? And it's hard for me to be something that I've never seen modeled before. And so I want to let the culture know that I don't think we should beat up on our men. I think we should encourage our men. Amen. Because for many men, fatherhood is, a, is, this, is this nebulous thing, this, this, this indescript thing, this thing sometimes for where there is no vernacular, that there is no verbiage for it, it's hard to describe it because they've never seen it. Amen. And so I'm going to ask the men to really stay with me today and, and just uh, please take some notes. So number two, fathers keep wickedness out of the home. By setting strong examples. Number three, number three, when headship is out of order, a lack of understanding will exist. A lack of understanding will, will exist when headship is out of order. Everyone say understanding. Let me give you a quick definition of understanding. It will appear on the screen. You're free to take uh, down that information. Understanding is the knowledge and the comprehension of a purpose and intent of a thing. Understanding is the knowledge and the comprehension of the purpose and intent of a thing. And this is critical to know because when, when the purpose of a thing is unknown, abuse is going to be inevitable. When a man does not understand what his role is, Abuse is going to be inevitable. He will abuse that woman. He will abuse those children. He may even disappear because he does not understand his role. He lacks understanding. He may be a good man by all accounts, but he just lacks understanding. And I sincerely believe this is where the church comes into play. Because many of us had fathers that, or had some fathers who weren't there. They were there, but they weren't there. And many people didn't have any fathers at all. At all. Many men never had a father. Come on, amen. 
never had a dad to teach them. And I think that when you come to church, I think it's important that the church deals with these issues. I mean, it's good to shout and to sing and to praise the Lord. And I appreciate all of that. All of that is appropriate and it has its place. But I don't think a, a church is completely effective if we do not handle the social issues of our day. Amen? So when, when knowledge, when the purpose of a thing is unknown, abuse is inevitable. And that's important to know, men. That's important. You know, I treat my wife a certain way because I know who I am and I know who she is to me. My wife is my favor. She's the love of my life, but she's also my favor. She's my favor. I'm telling you, she's my favor. In fact, God says if a man mistreats his wife, watch this, because I have understanding of this, because I have understanding of Scripture. Scripture says if a man mistreats his wife, the father will not hear his prayers. Because what she is to me, I am to him. We are the bride of Christ. And so when I mistreat my bride, God says, okay, you're a free moral agent. You can do whatever you want to do, but don't forget I'm God. And how you treat her, I'm going to turn around and treat you the same way. And principally speaking, I believe, that a, a good, I believe that God will treat a man the same way he treats his family. I believe that with all my heart. Because what that man is to the family, that God is to that man. Number four, when headship is out of order, darkness, darkness will occur. And when I talk to you about darkness, I'm talking about a place where there is no enlightenment. Look at verse 5. They know not, neither will they understand. They walk in darkness, a place where there is no enlightenment. So darkness will be on the family. No, no, there will be no morals in the home. Now, I want to thank God for all the wonderful mothers who are filling in the gap and raising the family. In fact, let's give God a praise for those mothers. Thank you, mothers. You're fantastic. But I want to tell you that even though that mother is doing a great job, some things are still lost. Sisters, I want to be appropriate and just let you know, you do need a man in that house. A young man will never find the meat of manhood feeding on the breast of his mother. Never. He will learn some things. He will learn to be a good person by all accounts, but there are some things he cannot gain from his mother. He'll, he'll never find the meat of manhood. He needs his father. Now, if his father is not there, it may be a surrogate father. It may be his pastor. But he has to have someone that he can physically see modeling some level of responsibility concerning manhood. If you'd like to order this series in its entirety, please contact us at 718-272-8277. Once again, that number is 718 718- 272-8277 or visit our website at clccministries.com